thank you for being here. My name is Dr. Laura Greenfield from lauragreenfield.com, and you are listening to Let's Talk Facilitation. I teach college educators to be outstanding, socially just class discussion facilitators. My primary focus is to help educators, including those who are nervous public speakers, recognize the potential they already have within themselves to be outstanding facilitators, and then to support them in developing purposeful practices. Today, I'm talking about facilitating conversations with purpose. In particular, I'm going to share two simple yet powerful tools to ensure your students are actually learning through the conversation. I chose this topic today because I know that many of you love the idea of bringing more interactive engagement into your classrooms, and you don't want to spend all of your time lecturing, but you worry that your students might not be getting all of the takeaway knowledge you want for them through a conversation itself. It's tempting to resort to lecturing if you don't trust your ability to teach in a different way. I remember really being stuck while teaching my first writing class while in graduate school. I had recently encountered Paolo Freire's text, Pedagogy of the Oppressed, and was enamored with his critique of the banking method of education, the idea that the role of the teacher is to deposit knowledge into the empty minds of the students. His work spoke to me in life-changing ways, but without the tools to put my teaching philosophy into practice, I was lost. I remember saying to one of my teaching mentors, I don't want to impose my ideas on my students as I'm teaching them writing, but I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do instead. Luckily, I have since gained a tremendous amount of clarity with which to answer that question, and I want to help you to do the same. Bringing to life all of Paulo Freire's critical pedagogy will require a bit more time than we have in this podcast episode, so instead we're going to start with two very basic tools to give you confidence that the conversations you are leading are, indeed, facilitating learning. The first tool to ensure that your students are really learning through the conversation you facilitate is to have clearly defined goals. In other words, you want to be able to state clearly what you are trying to teach students through the conversation. It's hard to know where you're going if you don't have a destination in mind. And it's fascinating to me how many facilitators go in with a topic but don't define the goal clearly. Now, certainly, as a young teacher, I did the same thing. I often started preparing for a class by trying to create interesting activities around a topic, but hadn't clearly defined my goals. So whether students were learning through the activity was really hit or miss. So one way to define goals for your students is to identify what is known in the field of education as student learning outcomes. But a different way to think about it is simply, what do I want students to know or understand or be able to do by the end of this conversation? And the more specific you can make it as possible, the better. So for example, 
a student learning outcome or a goal for a discussion might be, I want students to understand how this particular cause leads to this particular effect. And of course, the name of that cause and effect will be uh, specific to your particular field and topic. Another example of a student learning outcome or goal would be, through this conversation, I want students to grow their awareness about this particular different experience. And that particular experience you would define clearly based on your field or subject. Another example of a student learning outcome or goal for a conversation might be, by the end of this conversation, I want students to know how to perform this particular method. Now, as you're identifying such goals, you want to be as concrete as you can and as focused as possible. In other words, you want to make a statement of goals that can be measured. Can you actually determine at the end of the experience if it was achieved or not? So the more concrete and focused, the easier that will be to do. Now, some of the advantages of identifying these goals is that you can use that statement of a goal to guide the creation of the prompts that you use to facilitate the discussion. Those goals gives you an opportunity to map out a process or to scaffold a process for students to learn. So for example, you might ask, what do the students need to understand first in order to get to this goal? So what are the building blocks that I need to put in place in order to lead them ultimately to that end point? Another benefit of stating these goals is that it gives you the opportunity for yourself to differentiate between the information you need to share with the students versus the information that they will need to discover or co-create together through the conversation. In other words, it helps you figure out what parts do I need to lecture and what parts do I need to facilitate? It's okay to lecture as a part of a broader conversation. You just want to be clear on why you're lecturing and why you're facilitating discussion. So for example, lecturing might be important in order to share prior knowledge. What is foundational information everyone needs to have access to in order to engage in a discussion? You might also choose to lecture on key terms and definitions that students are going to need in order to have a shared vocabulary for engaging in the discussion. You might also lecture briefly on the significance of the discussion. Why are you talking about this? Why does it matter? So that students go into the discussion with a sense of reason and purpose to put in the work towards achieving the goal. And finally, you might also choose to lecture briefly on a bit of framing or a lens through which you're going to approach this. What is the theoretical approach or positioning that you are taking as you go through the conversation? So having a clear goal in mind will help you determine what are those parts that you need to explicitly provide information about and then what needs to be open for a collaborative experience. Finally, as you're identifying goals, it's really important to share those goals with the students. 
and you share the goals with the students so that they know why they're having the conversation and can focus their attention on aspects of the conversation that are going to help them achieve those goals. When you share the goals with the students, I found it's important to do so verbally and visually. In other words, you can, as part of that conversation, ideally at the beginning, explain to them the goals of the conversation, but also give them those goals written on a handout or perhaps written up on the board, projected on a slide, um, or some other way that they have access to it and can refer to it again and again throughout the conversation to keep themselves focused. And indeed, as you are facilitating, you can also periodically refer back to that goal to help keep, keep the discussion on track, to keep them focused, and also to bring continued clarity when things get complicated. I also recommend at the end of the conversation, pointing out the goal again in order to let students know how or why the goal was achieved or to ask them if they feel they have achieved the goal, and if not, what questions still remain. This will give you a clearer sense of how productive the conversation was, and to what extent the students were learning, what they learned, and what still needs to be addressed in future classes. The second tool for being sure that students are learning through your facilitation would be to create an agenda. In other words, you want to make a game plan in advance. And when you make this plan, I want to strongly encourage you to actually write it out. Make it tangible, make it concrete by putting it into writing. Now, what goes into an agenda? You might identify the key questions that you're going to pose you might put those questions in an order. So what is the ordering of questions that's going to help build or lead them to your ultimate goal? And you might also identify activities that you're going to lead as part of the facilitation. So a conversation might just involve talking, but you also might have some group activities, some reflective writing, uh, a piece of, of drawing, some movement that helps engage the students. And so you'd want to identify what are these as well. You also want to, on your agenda, identify where are the moments where you're going to lecture or share foundational information um, versus where are the points where there's going to be a group conversation or where there's a moment for maybe individual quiet reflection or some activities. Now, I have been in plenty of classes and have also led them where the facilitator has not come in with a clear agenda. I remember in graduate school having several very wise, brilliant professors who would come in with no agenda. And depending on their abilities, the experience for the students in the class varied dramatically. So I had one professor who must have had a beautiful agenda in his head and just didn't share it with us and managed to lead a really meaningful discussion. Whereas I had another professor who had so much interesting information to share, but the class was a mess. It was disorganized. Nobody knew what the point of what we were doing was, and it was really hit or miss whether the day was successful or not. So having that agenda 
really ensure that the students are having a focused and positive experience. For myself, I tend to be an over-preparer, so I, in most of my experience, have come into classrooms with an agenda prepared. However, I haven't always known how to make an effective agenda. So there are times where even with what I thought was a really good plan written out in front of me, things didn't go the way that I had hoped. And in particular, my challenge as an educator had often been running out of time to accomplish the things that I had planned. So fortunately, I have learned throughout my years of teaching how to fine tune my agendas and approach the creation of agenda in a way where I am less likely to run out of time at the end of the conversation. So let me share with you some of those strategies for making an effective agenda. The first is, as you write out the order of questions and activities that you'd like to cover, I encourage you to allot a specific amount of time to each component. Doing so keeps you focused so that you don't get far off track. And then when you have this agenda in front of you with the time, you can bring it with you uh, to the facilitation. And I encourage you to print it out um, or have it open on a computer screen, but you want to be able to see the time and compare that to the clock to keep yourself on track. Now, not only does it keep you on track during the discussion, but the act of writing out the timing before you actually have the conversation is that it allows you to make sure that you're being realistic about what you can cover. Now, we've got all sorts of questions and things that we want to discuss with our students. Um, and usually it's more than can fit in the hour and 15 minutes or however long your particular class period can be. And when you write them down on a piece of paper and actually map out how much time you would need to effectively cover that particular question, you can see a little more clearly where, oops, I might be covering too much or actually might have a little more time at the end to expand the attention that's given to a question. Now, oftentimes as you're preparing this agenda and mapping out the time, you'll find that you've been a bit too ambitious and you, you really can't cover everything that you have set out to do. What I would encourage you to do as a strategy when that happens is to do the hard work of editing out some of those plans rather than having the approach be to rush and squish everything in. You really want to modify the plans rather than overwhelm yourself and the students when trying to do more than is really achievable in the time that you have. Now, you might also learn through that process of needing to edit back to create time to address certain questions that you may need to go back and in fact revise the goal for the conversation that you had initially set based on the time that's actually available. So your goal may have been a bit too ambitious and you may need to scale back or refocus or shift focus a bit. Now, my final suggestion for preparing an agenda is to share that agenda with the class. I usually, before I teach um, at the front of the room on the board, I usually write out an agenda for the day so that the students can see what we're planning to do. And this gives them clarity about the game plan so they know what to expect and why. Um, and it also 
um, gives them a feeling of reassurance that you are prepared and in control and know what you're doing. So it helps build trust for you. Now, the version that you share with them can be more bare bones than the detailed version that you write for yourself. So you know how much notes and details you need for yourself to feel confident and focused. They don't necessarily need all of that. Um, so just a, a quick bare bones agenda can usually do it. Um, having it be a little more bare bones also gives you some room for flexibility. If you decide on the spot that something a little bit different is needed, you can shift gears without having to throw all of the expectations out of whack. And indeed, keeping room for flexibility is really important as a teacher. So even with the goals you've set, even with the outline that you've mapped out, you don't want to stick to it so rigidly that there is no room for spontaneity or that there's no room for being responsive to new needs that you had unanticipated that emerged during the discussion. There are good reasons at times to shift directions, change focus, do something a little different than you'd planned. So your agenda is not a hard contract um, but rather it's a guide to make sure that you're being intentional. I put together a free PDF for you of a sample agenda template. If you've never worked from a planned agenda before, or if you simply are looking for more ideas about how to write one up quickly, I've done a lot of the work for you. And all you need to do is fill it out according to your particular conversation goals. So head over to lauragreenfield.com forward slash six, that's the number six, to grab your copy of the PDF titled Sample Class Facilitation Agenda Template and hit the ground running as you prepare for your next class. Thank you so much for listening in today. And until next time, happy teaching.